This podcast is over before it even started. Well, what's new? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Nothing. Technology, uh, am no, I right? Nothing, nothing, nothing is new in, in the world of technology. <laughs> That's the real theme song, is the words technology, am I right? I don't know. I, I, think, I think the listeners, the listeners should, should know that we, they missed a, a Lex joke. A pretty good gefilte fish run from all of us, I would say. <laughs> and amazingly, Dan brought up the gefilte fish. I mean, how does a gefilte fish run? It doesn't even have any legs. Think about that. Chew on that. Uh, I'll try not to. So, did anyone listen to the Tim Cook interview? Other than I, I know did. did. Actually, yeah, I listened the whole I thing. Didn't. And what, what I found interesting was I kept reading stories saying what a good interview it was, but not that many stories that went into detail about what the hell he said. So feel free to tell me. Uh, you talked about a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. a lot of talk about Facebook. It started off started off a lot of talk about Facebook and Facebook's, you know, <laughs> Facebook not being happy with Apple right now. Um, and Tim saying, I don't understand why they wouldn't be happy with me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent that was, but... Um, but uh, basically saying all we're doing is giving people the options to have their, you know, to protect their privacy. Well, who wouldn't want that? And I think he's right. It makes sense. I'm on board. And then and then it was far ranging. I mean, they they they, they talked about the App Store. They talk about things going on there and whether or not uh, t- Tim, you'll be surprised to know, does not support side loading. <laughs> and downloading, and uploading, then, no side loading. Yeah. And but he seems to have less of a problem with being called Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they did that did come up tim apple came um, up uh ping came up a little weird ping came up yeah, That's right. ping, yeah. ping made dan laugh i saw i did make me laugh yeah. because i did i kind of enjoyed kara swisher like sticking that to him like oh yeah it's probably got more yeah. users than ping <laughs> and yeah. tim laughs very awkwardly and then kara says to him you remember ping i was like dude was there i mean probably probably a sore subject you remember alf yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's back in pog form Oh, man. But it just was one of those things where I thought it was strange because it was like talking to a guy who, you know, that was kind of, that was his job. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's like, you know, remember one of your products that sucked? Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to say to somebody, I feel like. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, he, he, you know, he laughed and, you know, I don't even think it's that weird to bring up. Like... It's a thing that happened. I know, but it doesn't have any re- I mean, yeah. it had very little relevance. <laughs> so what you're saying Kara Swisher was a jerk for no reason? I am shocked. It was definitely just a bit of a shot. At, um, Got it. That's fine. Yeah, It's fine. She, she wants to get him on his heels a little bit so she can get the, the good stuff in. It's also, uh, it, yeah. I don't know, and this is a thing that I've learned from many hours of editing podcasts. I could tell that that was very tightly edited. There are a lot of, just the pace of it, the way they talk, and the way that questions sort of, they move from one question to the next. You could kind of hear the cuts. So, uh, I I'm think not that surprised. they, yeah, I, I'm not surprised either. So I, they tried to cover a lot of ground too. And I, I just, I don't know. I wonder how much more of that interview. So they, they probably talked for an hour, right? Probably. And it's a 35 he, minute they, interview, she probably, right? She probably got an hour of his time. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was 35 minutes and you'd think it would, you know, she would either get a half an hour of his time or okay. she would get an hour of his time. And it's interesting and always if, because if the I, podcast uh, is 35 minutes. You would think that, yeah, if okay, they, they choose they, she, to they talk for an hour, if they choose to edit out, say 20 minutes worth of stuff, I always wonder is like, is it just because it was really a lot of Tim stonewalling and not saying things or cause like it's a podcast. If you had 20 right. more minutes of content, you would publish 20 more minutes of content. Why not? <laughs> well, I so I think, I think she was budgeted a whole hour to talk to him. I guess yeah, that, but my point is so, why is the episode yeah. only 35 minutes then? I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I highly doubt that she had an hour. You don't think she had an hour? No. Yeah. 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 
No, I don't think she had right. an hour because I, I don't think they would cut 20 minutes worth of content from Tim. Well, no, no. I, I just mean that she had an hour of his time. So yeah, some of it was set up, you know, and then they recorded for 40 minutes or 45 minutes. And then right. you're in, you end up with 35. Yeah, I guess I was yeah. just curious as to why it sounded so edited to my ears again i but you know different styles of different podcasts yeah 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 but it was yeah it, i mean what else what else did they talk about um oh they talked about the car they talked about car stuff um and did he confirm uh, he, that apple's working on one no he did not confirm apple was working one but on he, one but he did say something about like the fact that they like to make you know marry the hardware and software well he um, also did was, talk about systems a lot there too and i mean she pressed him on like like yeah. would you build just systems or a, or a whole car Right. Um, and you know, he evaded, he but say. I think he, you, you wouldn't know, sideload a car. <laughs> That's the only way I load a car. Lex. <laughs> That's, yeah, really? Well, no, you can load the, the back of a car. <laughs> wouldn't get in from below. That's for sure. <laughs> you will. You will with the Apple car. Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> that's also, that's also where it charges. Yeah. That's, that's what um, I was worried about. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> they talked about AR a bit as well. And he gave kind of a weird use case yes. for AR, which is conversations. Wouldn't they be so much better if they had str- stuff? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, would they? Yeah, like, <laughs> like slides. This, yeah, like a power, you know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I always think about how when I'm talking to my friends, I just wish I could show them more charts. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. yeah so, usually, usually what I put up is customer sat. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense my customer sat with you is is good john i i don't know what to tell you it's could be better well, well, could be it better. Is, it's just a, it's a it's an it's a it's a line going up is all it is yeah it's you don't want to know the scale on that though there's no there's no scale whatsoever yeah, it's it's bad yeah. news yeah i don't know i mean they talked a little bit about personal stuff too right like they talked about him coming out and like the impact that he felt like he had from that mm-hmm. they talked about his relationship and being political and stuff like that and his relationship with both the trump and biden uh white houses and he was you know very diplomatic while trying to also demur that he was a political figure which i think is harder and harder to avoid yeah. nowadays yeah well I, I read today that um ceos shouldn't comment on things politically that's what mitch mcconnell told me. <laughs> they should just keep all they all they should keep doing is giving money to the republican party <laughs> to republicans, and, yeah. and then shut their stupid faces <laughs> it's it's really it's not it's not a you're not paying for access it's more of a tithing system <laughs> Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> well, that sounds that's that. like a good interview, and I, I do I enjoy listening to Tim Cook talk, not just for the accent, but because you can hear at least the thoughtfulness sometimes. So I appreciate that. I just don't like Harris Wisher, so I didn't listen yet. <laughs> oh yeah, you have a <laughs> you have a bone to pick. True. <laughs> Lex has way more bones to pick with people, I think, than either that's of us. He actually talks to these people. Sometimes. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a secret <laughs> I shared only with everybody who's in the Rebound Slack. Speaking of which, if you would like to join the Rebound Slack, you may <laughs> yeah, yeah. tweet at us. We'll figure it Contact out. Contact John Armstrong. You can also Lex. subscribe to Rebound Prime while you're at it, but it's not required. Well, that's right. of Rebound and buy Prime. a damn shirt. Would it kill you to buy a damn shirt? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're walking around with no shirt, no, not holding a mug. Right. Who are you? Yeah. So prime.reboundcast.com is how you can subscribe to rebound prime and then if you go to just reboundcast.com slash shirt or reboundcast.com slash mug you can see stuff and you know rebound prime members they get all kinds of things they get a bonus episode every week they get this episode as soon as we're finished recording without any of those creepy edits dan puts in where he makes this all sound so good in this yep. edited version you're listening sure to now but uh rebound <laughs> you get the prime, real deal rebound prime subscriber mark steeds wrote in with a question he said i got my mug in the mail today and i love it but it is much smaller than my normal serving of coffee please release a pro max version so that's mark steeds <laughs> Um, that sounds like a name yeah, i made I, up but i, I don't, don't think we're going to do that question. but but thank you for the input uh, reader <laughs> stephen marks writes in uh yeah. tomo 
uh, who also said last time Lex struggled to pronounce my name. Here's a little help. It's quite accurate. And he went, he linked me to howtopronounce.com slash Tomo, but it's pronounced Tomo. He wants to know, how does one become a friend of the show in podcast world? Uh, <laughs> you, you've done it, Tomo, <laughs> just by, uh, by paying. <laughs> that helps. Our that's, friendship that's a good start. is for sale. <laughs> Truly. I, think, I don't know. I mean, I think friend of the show is sort of, isn't that mostly people we actually know though? Yeah, yeah. That's people true. who are who we know, or people who write to us a lot, so we feel like we know them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Billo asks Lex, now that you're on the Peloton Tread Plus uh, treadmill, who is your favorite instructor? Ha, that's a trick question. It's Bex Gentry, of course. On the Tread Plus, it's Bex Gentry. You are exactly right. Then Billo wrote it again. Okay, actual question this time. Do you read Monday Note from JLF and Frederick Falou? I have no idea what he's talking about, so I'm going to go with no. This week, FF has a long discussion on the putative Apple car. It really makes me wonder what Apple is trying to do with the car project and why. The automobile business is terrible compared to every other thing Apple does. Do they have some wild iPhone-level idea, or are they just doing it because Phil and Eddie and Johnny love cars? Okay, not really a question. I guess, but more a prompt for what the fuck is this whole Apple car thing? Anyway, read that Falou post from this week. It's good. Cheers. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Cars? Do you guys know Frederick Falou, first of all? (laughs) Uh, I, I know. I no, know. Nope. I do not. So no, the answer to that question is no. And then cars, take it away, Dan. Uh, I don't know. Apple's <laughs> maybe making a car. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Get you your heard, money's worth you every episode. Here first. Right here. I, we've, talked about, okay. I, we've talked about Apple car stuff a bunch in the past, and I'm sure some enterprising yeah. person could link to the episodes that we've talked to it, uh, talked to it, talked to it about, talk, talked about yeah, it, too. To the car. We, remember that episode where he interviewed the car? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was very yeah. jealous of Kit from Knight Rider is what I remember mm-hmm. it saying. Um, right. Well, so, yeah, I mean, he talked about in the uh, Kara Swisher interview, who Lex hates, um, he talked about machine learning kinds of things. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, anybody who's used Siri has got to wonder how, how great it's going to work. But still. He did, uh, um, he did also talk about that report that Tesla tried to sell itself to Apple yeah, and they would not take right. the meeting. And he said, essentially, I, I've never met Elon and then he said, I have a lot of respect for the companies <laughs> and what they've done, which was a nice yeah. sidestep of saying, like, how he mm-hmm. felt about Elon Musk in particular. Yeah. But I think yeah. he, he admired them from a product standpoint. Right. Yeah. So It is possible, as Tim Cook likely knows well, to really like a company and find its CEO a little bit uh, unpleasant. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. Hmm. I'm not saying I think Tim Cook is unpleasant. He seems very pleasant. No, I think, uh, I mean, as far as the CEOs go, CEOs go, he's probably... As far as Apple CEOs go, he's, if you rank them by pleasant... I mean, I'm like, I don't like, I don't dislike... I don't know. Did you I mean John Scully? Bezos, Bezos isn't the CEO anymore, but he seemed like he was a weird dude. Mark Zuckerberg is See, definitely a weird dude. Mark Zuckerberg, super weird dude. I, I, I would even, I would go one step further. I think, like, a a, a lightly evil dude. Light, lightly? Yeah. yeah. The, the CEOs of Microsoft and Google seem like they're nice people. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't sure. agree with some things that their companies do, obviously, but they, they seem like they're, they're genuine. I think both of, great companies, types of people. <laughs> I don't you don't say. I mean, you don't say. You don't say much about. It. It's weird. <laughs> what you don't. I'm say just gonna let Moltz continue digging himself <laughs> into that hole. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the news that you can, in theory, update your M1 Mac Mini with more storage and RAM if you're well, willing to like. Yeah. <laughs> literally rip some shit out of it <laughs> i saw yep. that story and thought how i would never ever do that, that i cannot my, i mean yeah i can't do that i'm imagining there are that. some people somewhere like uh, i appreciate that someone somewhere decided i'm gonna buy this and basically risk destroying it just to see if i can do it for like science but i would never recommend anybody do this yeah for actual use 
Needless to say, it will void your warranty. Yeah. <laughs> probably not even just, you know, probably your, literally Possibly, your warranty. Y- not just your, your computer, warranty, right, but right, your right. warranty. Uh, yeah. And all, all of the other Apple devices that you own. Bad news. Yeah. Yeah, because you got you to gotta do some soldering. Yeah, you got to do some soldering. And I, I, honestly, yeah. when the, given the fact that the, the RAM is sort of directly connected to the CPU, that seems super risky. It seems like a good way to fry your CPU. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like, I imagine there'll be a little cottage industry of people who will soup up your Mac mini for you. Or you could just wait a little bit, and then they'll be more powerful or storageful M1s. <laughs> it might be the way to go. I'm just saying. Wouldn't push it. It is a pain in the ass, though. It is a pain in the ass because, you know, it, it, the Mac Mini had just gotten good again because you could upgrade it. And now, all of a sudden, yeah, nope, you but, can't do it. I mean, I, I think there's an interesting question in there about are all Apple Silicon Macs going to be like this can they get away with that with stuff like for pro level stuff like or will people revolt at the idea of i've got my you know m2 mac pro or whatever and i can never upgrade the ram right or i mean i guess they could split the difference right like i mean there's ram if there's ram attached to the cpu is it possible they could also offer ram slots to expand but then the question is that ram is probably not as fast as the ram that's directly max could not be by a normal consumer expanded it would not surprise me for all portable max desktop max is an interesting question because the the mini and the mac pro and to a lesser extent the imac is actually not really that upgradable now even only the high-end model can can have and they don't seem to shy away from it right you can't upgrade your the hardware of your phone or of your ipad or anything else i don't think apple cares like you can buy and I don't mean that even in a shitty way. Like, I think it's a reasonable take. It's different from how we grew up understanding computing or in Moltz's case lived as an already old person with computing. <laughs> but like, it's, I think it's okay. The same way, like if you buy a car, you, like you could upgrade it if you want, but it's going to be hard and you're definitely going to void your warranty the second you start taking shit apart. Like, I don't think they have to make it easy if they like what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the pro is the area where they find, uh, will get the biggest pro pushback, right? Because the people buying that, I think there is often an expectation married to it that you will be able to keep because it's so expensive. Usually it's so expensive. You'll be able to keep yeah. upgrading it for a while, but it's, it Maybe requires, it's cheaper. but it, yeah, that's, well, that's one option. The, it, that's it an option for sure. But <laughs> it seems unlikely, but it, it is a question of Does like, how do you market likely? that? How do you really. market? Like, you know, you're going to pay a ton of money for this computer and in three years, it's going to be, you know, eaten right. dust. Like, yeah. and you paid $6,000 for it or something like that. That's what, the, that's what the compressed air is for, Dan. Mm. Just right into your mouth or <laughs> if you huff it just right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you don't won't, judge me. You won't worry about anything anymore. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what quarantine's done to me. I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> we talk every week. If I want a free base. Can't if you want a free base air. air? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, really quick, I want to let you know that a good friend of ours is also sponsoring today's episode, because this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Loopback from Rogue <gasps> Amoeba. Friend of the show! That guy. I know that guy. It's not guy. Loopback is a tool <laughs> to route audio between apps on your Mac. It has an intuitive wire-based interface that's easy to use, which makes it really easy to visualize where you want to route your audio, combining multiple sources into one. Loopback gives you incredible power over how audio flows on your system and replaces hardware that can cost hundreds of dollars. Trying to get these kinds of workflows in place before was incredibly time-consuming and frustrating, but Loopback makes it simple, making Loopback useful for podcasters, live performers, and even tabletop gamers. 
Morin. You can even use loopback to bring the audio of two microphones into your Mac to create a single audio input for Skype, which is otherwise basically impossible. And as a podcaster, that's really handy. Gamers can report Gamers can record gameplay videos with game audio and commentary, and musicians can combine hardware devices into a single input with no need for expensive physical mixers. Uh, I believe, I, don't, I, I won't speak for emails, but I know Dan and I use Loopback. Dan taught me about Loopback. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I use I it all the definitely time. a user. I use yeah. it I use it a lot because I do, um, I started streaming stuff for Total Party Kill Over the Incomparable um, on YouTube, and it is invaluable for that. I mean, Lex and I have both used it for soundboard stuff on various game yeah. shows that we run. Um it is just I, I've used it to combine local mics, like like they said, um, when I had myself and my wife recording a podcast uh, episode of The Mandalorian. Like it's just it's incredibly I, um, useful. I actually find it super helpful even when I'm zooming like uh, Jackbox games or something to play with the folks mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. the internet because getting more volume control on those things is is great. Yeah. In this era of Zoom calls, Loopback has found incredible popularity, being used to add audio to your stream, like say if you want to add sound clips to your next family quiz, as well as improving the sound of your mic by teaming it up with Audio Hijack, another Rogue Amiga product that I'm using right now. If you ever work with any audio, be it professionally or just for fun, you should really check out Loopback. It's an indispensable tool in your utility belt. Go and check it out right now at macaudio.com slash rebound21. You'll get 21% off when you use the code REBOUND21. And this offer also applies to the various bundles Loopback is part of, including the Loopback, the, the Loopback Plus Audio Hijack Bundle and the Ultimate Podcast Bundle, which are really fantastic deals. Once again, go to macaudio.com slash REBOUND21 and use the code REBOUND21 for 21% off. Our thanks to Rogue Amoeba and specifically to Paul for their support of this show <laughs> and my life. <laughs> I use Paul's products every week. So I yeah, like road. I use Same. them almost every day. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a sucker like that. Yeah. Makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> so angry. I shake my fist and say, Paul. Uh, I just said your thing it. right before the show about uh, Apple has launched a certification app for the Find My system that it is making available to third parties, which is also thought to be the system that will power their AirTags, if AirTags are in fact a thing. So now there's an app. If you make accessories that let you, like, people find your device uh, in some way, you can integrate it with Find My. So one of the things that was pointed out is, like, um, Belkin has some AirPod competitors that will support it. You can track those headphones inside the Find My app alongside, like, the other devices you use Find My for. Yeah interesting i mean it's smart because i think if they do even if they do launch their own air tag things it gets them out of the having to worry about like you know essentially anti-competitive behavior or because like for things like tile like tile in theory could take advantage of this too yeah yeah i mean and and you know if apple is launching these tags they're probably going to cost more than tile Mm -hmm. tags Mm -hmm. so if tile uses the system and they'll just sell the tags and undercut apple and your your day can go on. <laughs> Indeed. Lex has no feelings about this. <laughs> I, I, he, went, I, I, he went strangely Lex is quiet. deep in the pocket of big tile. No, I, if only he could find me, himself there. It's, I, I don't find this a very exciting product line, although I do use tile and yeah. like them. Like, 
I bet apples won't be the cheapest and maybe they'll be the best in some way or another and I still won't get them. And if somebody gives me some, then I'll use them. But like, it's part of the overall annoyance I have with so many different products that do similar things and mixing and matching them is annoying. It's like, I already use Tile and I'm not going to change over my whole thing. Same reason I don't own any HomePods. I have a mix But and nothing match. prevents you from using this system without Tile. I mean, like, this, yeah. the whole point of this is that, like, the system is not limited to Apple's own stuff or, like... Even in that case, I mean, whenever you've done something like find your, you know, phone or your iPad on that, that will theoretically benefit from this overall system change too. Because the whole change with that network is the whole thing where it's got like basically any Apple device can find your lost device because it creates this like crazy like mesh network almost. Yeah, that to me has been in as an, and I think will potentially be a much bigger deal because the problem with the t- the tile was always like if you're not within close proximity to it. You can't find stuff, right? Like, because it's Bluetooth. Right. So it's got a limit on how far you can go. Although it did get better over time because now it works with everybody else's <laughs> device too. It's like if another person who uses Tile is near your lost thing, it can note it and flag it for you. Right, which is kind of how Apple's system is going to work, except there are way more Apple devices than Tile devices. You think so? <laughs> I know so, Lex. I'm a technology <laughs> professional. He's done. He he's done the math. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got it on the back which of my very, right which here. is very easy to do <laughs> in PCALC. That's where he did the math. Did it in my head. Just didn't even need to go to PCALC. <laughs> Sorry, James. Dan Morin says, "Fuck you." I do. I say I can do math in my head. <laughs> Don't need some, some fancy calculator. That's right. <laughs> I'm a prospector. <laughs> I guess what I'm is a happening? prospector. Yeah. Man, oh man. <laughs> Sometimes, guys, this show is confusing. <laughs> Sometimes you're confusing. That's right. Face is confusing. <laughs> oh, did you did you all get new Apple watch bands? Courtesy of Dan's uh, big deal last week. I did. I'm wearing it right now. No. 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 Well, <laughs> Which right. one did you get, Dan? Uh, I bought a sport band that's blue and has like neon green, like lime green on the edge. I like it a lot. Nice. Nice. I got the uh, the pride band and I wanted to show my fellow co-hosts here what it looked like with my coordinated watch face. But um, for their protection, I used Acorn first, my image editing <laughs> app of choice. To sanitized for our protection. To, yes. To Acornize or Photoshop myself out of it. Because nobody wants to see a man's wrist hair. So I didn't make them see it. I edited it all out. Because that's the kind of friend I am. He certainly did. Yeah. Unless he is purple. <laughs> mm-hmm. In which case. Um, You've seen me in person. And, and, his, and his arm extends outside of the boundaries of the watch band. I have a lot of questions. Hey, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, this either answers a lot of questions or brings a lot up. I'm not sure which one. Kind of both. It's a nice, yeah. it's a nice looking band. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a good like combination it. for sure. Yeah. I really also like they have the, you know, they have, there are some Apple watches, including this pride band where there's a face that acts like a continuation of the band. Mm-hmm. So you can get like those colors in the same order, but that one is very limited on complications. So this is my, this is my hybrid. Approach so, it's uncomplicated. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the Apple Arcade thing from last week. Yeah. We should, we should probably discuss so that because that was kind of a big deal. Uh, they announced a huge expansion, not only in number of games, but kind of in types of games that they're uh, offering right. now, including a lot of like quote unquote classic iOS games that will be available in Apple Arcade. The things that had either fallen off or were like sort of, you know, long running classics that included like ads or whatever. So now you can buy, or sorry, now you get games that are like ad free and unlocked that are like classic like things like threes and monument valley and um, oregon oregon, oregon trail. trail uh a yeah, bunch of stuff what was 
Well, what's weird to me with those is like, what do I do if I already have those apps? Do I just ignore it? Yeah. Yeah. I, most yes, of the ones that I want to play, I have, but they do, they also include some basic sort of like, uh, there's two, there's at least two Sudoku games. There's, there's a solitaire game. A bunch of Zach Gage's games and back, are in there. Backgammon yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, it's interesting because it, it's like a little bit of a pivot, right? Like in terms mm-hmm. of what they were doing before. And I think it's kind of smart to say like, oh, you could go buy this game, but it's also included with Apple Arcade. Like, this is right. yeah. this is the way that, like, Microsoft's Game Pass on the Xbox works this way, right? Like, there's there are games that you can buy, and some of those games are also included if you happen to be a subscriber of the service. And there's a more compelling argument, I would say, in a lot of those cases, because if the, if the thing is like, oh, Apple's got all these games, like, set off in this little, like, separate area... But you don't know if any of those games are good or not, right? Because they're all games that Apple has basically had mostly created specifically for Apple Arcade. So you have to, like, sort of trust to, like, well, did other people say it was good? Like, is there enough stuff there? But, like, a known quantity where it's like, oh, it's got all these games I already know that I like. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I what I can't quite figure out is, like I said, if I already have the app, like, I was just looking because some of them are renamed for being an Apple Arcade, you know, with, like, a plus at the end. So, like, I already have Mini Metro, and when I went to browse Mini Metro Plus in the arcade, it just has a play button and takes me to my already installed Mini Metro. I don't know if it's updated to the Apple Arcade version or what. I just don't quite get it. But I, I do think it's the right approach. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, th- I think that it's time for Apple to create a standalone Apple Arcade app versus having it live inside the App Store. Because mm. it is, I find, annoying to browse, and, like, I think it could do a better job of recommendations and yeah. things. yeah. I also, I will freely admit, I am most excited about Frenzic Overtime. Yes, I saw that was Apple coming. Arcade. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I loved Frenzic from uh, the Icon Factory. Is that what they're called? Uh, I yep. loved Frenzic as a one of my first favorite friends iPhone of the show. I played it. I played it. <laughs> He's never listened. I've played it so many times that game, and um, you know they stopped updating it. But apparently they didn't stop updating it. And over the past pandemic, well they did, and then they didn't. And then they got paid by Apple to, to update yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to see those deals. Icon Factory had a bunch of other good games. That I was hoping might come back. Like they had Astronaut. And they had, uh, yeah. they sold like Ramp Champ to someone else. They did. I love I still play Ramp, Ramp Champ. Ramp we, played, game. we played Ramp Champ. That, that is probably the one of the, the single biggest games that our, my family played together. Um, it's like a long running game, too, right? Like, I feel like that was very early in iOS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's cool that they. Oh, yeah, it's presumably, too, it's too bad they didn't still have that. I would I would have loved to have a, yeah, an updated version. of The that. economics of this, as Lex was, uh, you know, suggesting, I think is really interesting because clearly. I would imagine there's at least some upfront money behind this saying, hey, we'll hand you some money if you update your app and put it back on, you know, basically let us put it in Apple Arcade. And then I imagine there's probably some sort of some sort of profit sharing for yeah. people playing it. For number of downloads, et cetera. Downloads or playtime. You don't think there's the, any yeah. profit sharing? I, well, there's two. There, well, in my experience, there's two structures for this kind of thing. Netflix will just give you a flat rate, right? We're going to buy your show. We're going to buy your movie and that's it. Um, or we're going to do a giant development deal with you, but like you get this. Doesn't matter if it's one person watches it or a million people watch it, you get this. The subscription services that I have, you know, experience working with or seeing deals from want to do the same thing, right? They want to pay you just this rate so that they don't have to rev share you forever. Unless you want to de risk yourself and say, as the service, hey, we don't know how much money this is going to make. So instead of paying you a big upfront number, we'll just, you know, pay you based on usage. The problem is doing that reveals something about usage that you might not want to reveal. 
Mm. Oh yeah. Apple, sure. I don't think has to hedge its bets. They don't have to like, geez, we don't want to take a risk because what the hell do they care? They they basically have infinite wealth. So I don't know why they would give anybody any extra insights. I think they just pay you a flat rate. So you think they're saying we are just picking a rate that we think is so attractive you would be basically a lunatic not to say yes to. Right. And it's probably a license. We get the access to this game or the exclusive for this game in some cases for forever, in some cases for X years, and then we have to re-up it or not. But I bet it's not based on usage because then they would have to show something. If show developers started talking, they, they could try to figure something out about popularity. Well, and it's a right. question too: is like, do you do you would you meter usage based on downloads, installs, launches, playtime? Right. Like, there's a yep. lot of questions there as to how you would do that. And you could try to obfuscate it, I guess. You could create some sort of crazy algorithm that's like, yeah, you get paid this much, and what is it? Well, it's because you you racked up X, you know, playtimes. Yeah, Apple points. I should, yeah, I think it should be. By, I think it should be by score. Like if somebody gets a high score <laughs> yeah. on a game, then they get more. I money. actually, I'm curious. Do you think there's a more rigorous? I guess the way, what I'm realizing. Do you think there's a code review on Apple Arcade games? Like, do they not want you to put in certain tracking things or do they just trust you or can they do an analysis? I would think almost almost certainly. And in fact, this this raises a separate, like a related question that I was wondering about. And I posed this on the, the uh, Six Colors podcast last week and Jason thought it was extremely unlikely. But I think it's an interesting thought exercise is, could you ever see Apple expand this to just apps? Like an idea of like a sort of a cordon within the app store of saying like, here's a subscription for some of the best apps on ios for a fee every month and it's free right like you pay once you pay the fee you get access to all these apps and their stuff because I, I think the well, you, don't pay, you don't pay once you pay every month right but you pay you pay a monthly fee and you get access to all these apps and i guess my question was because it's kind of weird refuge i could see them if they just if they had to open the app store up it could still provide almost an app store within the app store. They say like, all right, you know what? Anyone can put something in the app store, but now we're going to have a special Apple service that provides all those security and like assessment things within the app store. So if you want only the stuff that's Apple approved, you can do that. You can go outside of it. You can get other apps. They're distributed via the app store. I think it's very unlikely. I know I guess people guess no, but I think it's an interesting... <laughs> I yes, know Dan, I think your idea is very beautiful. <laughs> No, no, I, I had to think about it. But it's but an antitrust thing. It helps them get around the antitrust problem, which is the part of the reason I thought it was possible. I think the apps that they would want the most are ones who could make more money outside of that, is my guess, right? Because like as soon as, like in order for it to be charged at a reasonable rate, like it has to fit into an Apple One subscription or it'd be a reasonable standalone subscription. But in order to be at a non-obscene cost, it would have to, I would imagine it would have to mean for most developers that they would make less money than they could without it. Because if your app is that good, I don't know. It's not the same to me as, I don't know. That's, you know what I mean? Like, if I can charge $5 or $10 for my app or be a part of your $10 subscription, I don't know how much more. Yeah, I, I guess, and I, it doesn't have to be necessarily structured just like that, but I guess my question is, if Apple runs into a bind where they have to allow sideloading or they have to allow other people to be able to go into the app store without giving them, you know, cutting them in on the, the rev share or something, right? Like, is there a world in which they can use something that they learned via this Apple Arcade experience to sort of In still create where that. You have to use something that you learned via Apple Arcade. <laughs> so you don't know is what you're saying. I, no, no, I do know. I'm just not going to tell you. None of us know. No, but I, I think this is it. It's interesting because they're getting in these court fights. This is going to go only a couple different ways. And in one way, it's very bad for them because they will basically have to let other people, like, you'll have to be able to install apps on the App Store. That's a potential outcome. I that actually we can have. don't think that's bad for them. I think that's good for Apple. If Apple has to introduce an option that lets you install apps outside the App Store, I think it only makes the App Store more valuable in many ways. 
I think the App Store, unlike on the Mac App Store where it developed in the opposite direction, I think the App Store would still remain far and away the most popular place to get apps. And that would be like where if your phone slows down or if shit's crashing, and the first thing they're going to say is, do you have non-app store apps? And oh, you do. Turn that toggle off. They'll all delete your phone. will be better. But they're not going to want to even support you the same way because they're going to be like, oh, you put that shit in. So I think it'll make the App Store be a more prestige place. That's fair. Okay. So why don't you do it already, Tim? Is it because Trump doesn't want you to? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I wouldn't think at this this point I would think not. (laughs) There was another story this week, too, talking about, like, uh, you know, the, the false sense of security that the App Store gives. Like, uh, it was, I think it was in the post, I want to oh, say. That was a brutal story. I didn't like it. Well, I mean, between that and then there was a thing going around that several people that we know were posting about where there was an app that, like, was, like, kind of the app icon looked like Shortcuts and it was called Shortcuts, but it's, like, a thing that you pay. It has, like, a $10 weekly subscription cost. Weekly and you're like, yeah. how does Apple not catch that shit? Like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that part I get, right? Because any human review process is only as good as the humans involved and they're I, I don't know if they're not training that team well enough or it's just spread too thin or i mean there's a huge volume there's no one's yeah, di- exactly, disputing that exactly yeah. but that but one seemed egregious the other yeah. i found the other story more egregious no, where there's like basically a fake app I, i'm not a bitcoin expert at all i'm gonna let bitcoin just slide right by me forever that's fine by me but <laughs> and uh, somebody had like a, a a hardware key thing for their bitcoin wallet and wanted to install the app for it so installed the app that had that name and logged in and then it took all of their bitcoin <laughs> like it was not made by them and it just stole all their bitcoin like half a yeah. million dollars worth of bitcoin and once that happens you can never get it back and apple acknowledged yeah there's a bullshit app we took it out <laughs> sorry it's, it's <laughs> i think as bad. we've always said it's a it's a bad i understand all the benefits of the app store but like man it's a shitty business to be in because i feel like you're on the hook for a lot of stuff and maybe like not financially or whatever but like Sure, in terms of like publicity, it feels feels bad to well, have that I mean, situation. But that's, but that's like you know, and then he goes on that podcast and talks about how bad things will be if people can sideload, and it's like, well, <laughs> it, it, probably, it probably would be worse. But at the same sure. time, you're you're it, portraying it, the app store as if it's perfect. very, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, I you know, like he we're did very say good. we're not perfect. I mean, he you know, he, well, you he have to. You can, he least. was. He's not going to say we are perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But. But at the same time, you through their marketing, they are portraying it as much more secure than it clearly is. This quote that I'm reading, he says, "We're not perfect, but we're nearly as good as Jesus." I feel like that was probably overstating it. He probably. I mean, it was it was Easter. <laughs> I understand getting worked up. <laughs> yeah, we turned things around in less than three days here at Apple. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> They've gotten better, that seems though. unlikely. Uh, this Jesus looks like a copycat. Um, <laughs> Isn't he, isn't he dead? Uh, sorry, we we are we've got what's happening, man. I was like, please tune in to like several days Sacrilege after Easter for our best Easter content. Ah, uh, you know, elves eh, working better. We hide First them in the week. episode. It's like sort of like, I don't know. Two, I don't know. two of us, two of us are full of ham. Sorry, so. that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think we've talked about a bunch about the App Store being their biggest vulnerability, which is also something that Kara Swisher asked Tim Cook, and I think he kind of dodged around it. But I think it is. It's only gotten worse, and I feel like I don't know how that epic case is going to shake out. But neither of the neither of the outcomes seems particularly great because I don't you think mean the outcome is advertiser epic. <laughs> uh yeah, that's who I mean. That's the one. Just checking. But you know, they, I don't. I in terms of the people, the the consumers who I think get caught in the middle either way. I I don't think finding in either favor of Epic or Apple is necessarily going to do consumers a favor. So yeah. 
We'll find it's out. Not, that, right. And that's this case. This case is not really designed for that particularly. Yeah. This. I mean, it also starts in less than a month. So it's coming up fast. Man, we got to get our law degrees quick. <laughs> I sent away for mine. <laughs> I, I got one from an app on the app store. Yeah. Uh, I have bad news for you about that app. Lex. Oh, <laughs> no. your, and your Bitcoin. Where's my Bitcoin? <laughs> well, I have your Bitcoin. It's fine. It's very safe. <laughs> <laughs>